Hello, I'm Adam, and welcome to Tales from the Potting Bench, a gardening podcast where you'll hear tales and stories from the most interesting and different people from the world of both indoor and outdoor gardening. This season is sponsored by the wonderful people at PlantGrow, producers of award-winning organic fertilisers made with zero chemicals, great for your garden and even greater for the planet. And, as an added bonus, if you use the code POTTINGBENCH at checkout, you'll get a wonderful 10% off your order. This episode features a conversation with gardener, writer, podcaster and lecturer Tamsin Westall. There isn't a part of horticulture that Tamsin hasn't given a go, and her latest book tells us all about it. Enjoy. So, Tamsin, for anyone that is not familiar with you, who are you and what do you do? That's a very good question. I'm trying to ask myself that. Um, so primarily, I'm gardener at Stockton Gardens, which is my family's open garden. So that's what my priority is sort of day to day. But I'm also a writer. I was editor of the English Garden magazine. I've worked for Amateur Gardening. Um, I'm now an author. And I'm a lecturer. So, yes, all sorts. I'm I'm one of those sort of give it a go, throw my hat in the ring kind of girls and um, an RHS judge as well. So that's certainly quite varied. I mean, that's taking you down a lot of different avenues. I want I think one bit of uh, research that I did, it said something along the lines of about 25 years that you've been in the industry. Is that about right? Yeah, it might be slightly more. I'm getting older Oof. by the minute. So, um, yeah, I started my career in horticulture really at 16 to be honest with you. So I'm 50 now, same as Gwyneth Paltrow. So I don't, oh, she looks all right. So I'm I'm thinking <laughs> that it's a good age to be. Um, yeah, so a long time is the answer. Yeah, on the tools. Yeah, I wasn't the best at school. So it seemed like a very sensible, enticing option for me. So how, did, so how did that begin then? Was it fairly kind of standard entry in or was that, was it something that you, that appealed to you initially? Um, well, it's, it's interesting. So I've always been interested in gardening. Uh, my family, my uncle's obviously always been a gardener. So I've watched him create Stocktonbury throughout my lifetime. So I could see this beautiful garden sort of coming into bloom. And um, loved going tomatoes, used to collect worms from the garden, snails. I'm a real sort of um, outdoor girl. And But at school, to be honest with you, I never really thought it was an option. It wasn't ever presented as an option. Mm. So um, they tried for work experience. I said I wanted to be a gardener. So they sent me to a beautician instead, which is, um, you know, I suppose there's a bit of pruning involved there. But it, it definitely wasn't for me. Um, and then I went, my other skill was art. I was quite good at art. So I thought well, I could be a sculptor. I used to like using clay. Um, and so I went to art college in Hereford mm. after leaving school and um, moved in with my grandparents. So they were up in Herefordshire. So my parents were based down in Surrey. So it was quite a big adventure. But I didn't, it wasn't for me. I think I was too young. I wasn't ready for it. It just didn't fit. So I left there without completing the course. And the family probably thought, what do we do with the middle child? 
um and uh they sent me i can imagine them frantically on the phone saying like who will employ her what can we do with this child so they sent me to my great uncle john's at burford house gardens right. which john was a very well-known clematis breeder and had the national collection of clematis and um i helped him for a year either on the nursery or in the mini garden center and i just loved it i thought this is it this is great this will do me fine you find so that was my routine. So then, what was your what was your kind of? I suppose I was going to say big big break, because that's kind of cheesy, isn't it? But what was the first big thing that really made you realise, okay, this is this is my my life now? Because it's not it's not a, a little thing, is it, horticulture? I think it completely takes over your life at some point, doesn't it? Yeah, it's really hard to pinpoint that actually. Um, if you ask me tomorrow, I might pick something different. <laughs> But from a very early age, I think it was, um, I do remember working on the till at 16, 17 at Burford and Alan Titchmarsh came in to do some filming and I had to pretend to serve him at the till. And that's when I kind of saw the media side of gardening. I hadn't Mm. even thought that that was anything, you know, I, it was just, I was just weeding, happy watering, had no aspirations whatsoever to do anything other than that. And then Alan Titchmarsh comes in, there's cameras, and I have to pretend to serve him. And it, I don't know, I think it was, I, I always remember that, and thinking, gosh, this is actually quite exciting, isn't it? Mm-hmm. You know, so that that's an early memory, most definitely. Do you remember what he bought? I'm not sure he bought anything. He might have pretended to put stuff <laughs> yeah. on the counter. I can't remember. Um, but, yeah, it, it, I mean, I barely was was able to use the till so I think the whole thing is probably a bit a bit of acting going on there but yeah, yeah. um was so that for Gardener's World would that have been for Gardener's World I imagine it was yeah so that yeah, would have been, I think it would have been wouldn't it yeah 35 years ago wow and he still looks like he's 40 he's not he's not aged at all really has he he's no. looked, he's always looked exactly the same for forever and and you know to have the energy he's got I mean goodness me what a role model so yeah so that has taken you down so many different avenues and I think you mentioned slightly the media there so how did you get involved with the Garden Media Guild because that takes up a good chunk of your time as well doesn't it yeah so um very good question so um the Garden Media Guild is really a, a, a guild for writers photographers podcasters like yourself and I've always been a member because it's sensible to be on the website and getting involved with all the latest this and that and I think I, I was just asked by a committee member you know would you come and, and be on the committee and uh, help find judges for the awards and, and I'm one of those people that says yes to everything um I'm not sure it's such a good idea always um but um yeah and I got involved and it was just fascinating because what it's done for me I'm no longer chair um I'm still on the committee but it's shown me what can be done and who's doing what and amazing things different ways and directions that people go mm. um and I mean, the horticultural industry is so diverse. And, you know, coming into it as a 16-year-old, I had not a clue how diverse it was. And I think there's a lot of students probably now going into horticulture without any idea where it could take them. It's a really exciting place to be. I think it, it it really is, and I think you you're totally right. I think from the outside, perhaps looking in, you don't necessarily realise the the breadth of 
I suppose, options that then utilise different skills that yeah. there are within the industry. Because I think perhaps from the outside, a lot of people presume that it is just just kind of constantly getting your hands dirty. And it's not yeah. not necessarily that, is it? No. I mean, honestly, if you're a filmmaker, that's your thing. You could get involved with horticulture. If you're an artist, I mean, really any skill set can be utilised in the industry. And I think that's why... It's so exciting when people do a career change into horticulture mm. because, you know, even if you're in HR at the moment, well, all those skills are transferable, useful. Um, so, yeah, I, I think it, it's a, the most wonderful, wonderful industry. And I'm just so fortunate that I happen to sort of fall into it. And it's given me a very interesting, happy career, to be honest. Yeah. Hasn't it just? I think what is really important within all of that is you mentioned about young people as well. Is that is I suppose roots into horticulture. I think that's that's almost a, a, a there was a pun in there, not intended. I suppose yeah, roots into horticulture. Why there isn't a website called that? I bet there is somewhere or some sort of get blog going on it. Come on, yeah, I'm going to register <laughs> that as a trademark straight after this. And I think that the I you know I think the roots are they are tr- really traditional roots of studying in the very traditional ways and doing the RHS courses etc but I think that there's a perhaps kind of a nervousness from young people or even just a a complete lack of knowing that that's even an option how do we change that is there a way that you can see that we kind of enable that as a as a viable this is a career to young people yeah I mean I think by the the media being so active and so diverse will bring people in you know, people listen to your podcast that might not even be considering horticulture as a career and think, oh, gosh, you know, this is different. The more we talk about what we do, the better. Um, I'd love to see more gardening on TV. Yeah. Um, really different shows. I think, you know, cookery gets a million different shows. For some reason, we don't seem to get so many. That yeah. would be very exciting. Um, and I think well, the young people in horticulture group which is for people in the industry that are under 35 I think I'm just slightly too old to join (laughs) um they they are doing amazing things Mm. you know they were at the the new plant awards for the HGA telling people about their their work in the industry yeah so I think it's talking about what could be achieved on all sorts of different platforms um the other thing I think is important is in schools you know unfortunately when children are at junior school, everyone's keen for them to do a little bit of gardening and yeah. sow seeds. As soon as they get to do moving to senior school, I appreciate there's an awful lot for them to do. Yeah. It stopped. And it would be just amazing if you could do GCSE horticulture. God, it wouldn't wouldn't it? just be awesome. I think it'll happen because I think with it, even just from from when I left, school 18 years ago when I left senior school even then I think we were quite limited in terms of what GCSEs you could do and even then doing things at at a GCSE level such as I don't know sociology was still relatively new and I think that's quite common now and I think now seeing what they do what you can do in schools it's it's much wider but there's certainly there's no school level course or anything that you can do for towards horticulture I don't think I don't think there's anything is there at that level you could easily create a course I mean there's so much to cover it's ridiculous yeah absolutely well perhaps in the future that might be something that we that we see so 
out of all those very many varied, uh, wonderful different things that you do, what is it that you really enjoy the most out of all of that? Is it the writing? Is it uh, what is it? Oh my goodness! I think it's communicating with people through talks and lectures. I love going to garden clubs. I love to be at a show, doing a talk. I'm a chatterbox basically, so that's you know that's my thing. Really enjoyed. I I was a lecturer at Kingston Moorwood College in Dorset, um, so, oh gosh, probably 18 years ago now. And I really enjoyed that. I did 18 months there, and I wish I'd have stayed. If you said Uh if you could do your time again, um, although, you know, I've had some wonderful opportunities, work for amazing magazines, etc. That is something, teaching younger people was the most fulfilling thing I've ever done. And, you know, I stay in touch with quite a few of them. Some of them were career changers. Um, And nothing is more wonderful than turning up. I did a talk at Wells Cathedral a few years ago, and in the front row were five, four or five of my students. Oh, wow. And they're like my groupies. And it's just that, I think, is you can't beat that because when you're lecturing and teaching people, you cannot fail them, yeah. you know, and I quite like that pressure. You know, I wasn't a trained lecturer. I sort of landed in the role through some twist of fate and um, it was terrifying, but it was something I knew I couldn't fail at. And I think it, it was just, just amazing to see these people go off and start their own businesses. And yeah, yeah, it, it, yeah that to me is probably the highlight. It was a highlight. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So I mentioned writing there as well. So you've you've become quite a, a prolific book writer as well, I suppose. What book what book number are we on now? Well, I've probably this is probably I've been involved with a lot of books. Yeah. But I've written three. Written but three. this one that's coming out now, I've written you know a Dorling Kindersley houseplant book, but the two that I've written under Orphans Publishing are what I call my babies. Yeah. You know, they're really my books. Does that sound ridiculous? No, not at all. No. Um, they're the ones that, yeah, they're the ones that I would hug because they are they're they're mine, they're me, they're my voice. Um, I've had involvement from the get go, and yeah, it's it's lovely to have that opportunity to work with a smaller publisher. And it's such a team effort. Yeah. Um, and to go in and actually watch the illustrator creating your drawings and all sit around the table with donuts and coffee and look at covers. And uh, so that that is really, really a wonderful opportunity for me. Yeah, I bet. So the late the latest one, um, which is Grasping the Nettle, it's it's kind yeah. of it's a memoir, isn't it, really? Yeah, I mean, that's quite a funny story, really. I So I wrote my last book, Diary of a Modern Country Garden, which did really well, and I had some fabulous reviews. It was really unexpected and exciting. And there was a, quite a bit of comedy in there, sort of light uh, advice with a sort of humorous twist. And um, people just loved it. It, it was out during lockdown. Yeah. And I got a lot of emails from you know, nurses and people in the thick of it saying, you know, your book was just light and fun and made me feel like I could give it a go. Um, someone right. described it as Bridget Jones goes gardening a bit. <laughs> and I thought, I thought, well, I don't, I didn't really mean to put anything funny in it. I didn't really think that I was being like that. Yeah. So um, last uh, September, uh, I fell off a ladder whilst pruning 
I remember this. I remember this on Instagram. I know, and uh, broke my spine. So I had 12 weeks of, you know, I'm not good at sitting doing nothing. I'm really thoroughly annoying, I would imagine, to everybody in the house. So I just thought, well, I'm just going to write down my experience of falling off the ladder. I don't know why, but I do tend to like to write things down. Mm. And um, my publisher came to see me. How are you doing? I said, fine. And she said, have you got another book in you? And I said, well, I've just written this silly thing about my back. And she said, have you got any more stories? I thought, oh, gosh, yes. So it was just a case of writing down a collection of events that have happened throughout my horticultural career, all with a comical twist, to be honest. Right. So my aim is that people, you don't have to be a gardener to read it. I hope you'd find it entertaining anyway. Anyway, yeah. But I feel very fortunate to have been in horticulture since the age of 16. And I've been in horticulture when things have changed quite dramatically. So I was probably one of the first, if not the first, parks gardeners in Dorset. So I've written about that experience, being being a female gardener. Yeah, and, and my time as an interior landscaper, I've had a garden shop, I've been a lecturer. You know, you name it, I've tried it. So I thought, well, why not share the reality? Yeah. So I think with me, it is reality. I'm not going to put a rose-tinted view on it because... Although horticulture is, you know, my passion and we all love it, it is hard. It is hard. So so the book, I hope, will... I mean, when I first put it up on Instagram that it was coming out, I had a couple of messages from people, women, saying, you know, is it too late for me to switch careers at 40? And I thought, well, no. But that's great that people had sort of seen my comical book and thought, oh, careers. I thought, brilliant. That's exactly what I wanted to do. What a feeling that must be to get that response. Yeah. It was like, wow, gosh, yes, they picked up on what I'm trying to do here. I've not just written a sort of silly book about my life. I'm trying to inspire people and make them look at the industry and think, crikey, I have no idea that you could do. I mean, half the people... Um, that I do talks to I say does anyone know what interior landscaping is and nobody knows huge industry yeah I hope people will enjoy it and um, it's been been really fun to do I must admit I'm sure they will so you've written that when when was it that you you did your spine last year so this time last year so you so that's been written and published within about a year that's that's you don't good lord how much of that did you then, so when your publisher then came and said, have you got any more stories in you? Yeah. How, how much of that book was kind of written at that point, I suppose? Not much at all. A couple of stories. They know me. Um, I know them. And um, I think, you know, having the pressure of a deadline is yeah. a really good thing for me. And for I, I like, you know, a deadline. If there's no deadline in place, when it, you, are you going to do it? Probably not. No. No, night before. (laughs) And I was very aware that I'm never going to have, well, hopefully, touch wood, 12 weeks with no nothing to do. So, I mean, that was like completely alien to me. So I thought, well, I've got to to crack on and um, do this. My husband brilliantly made me um, a sofa out of pallets in the garden, which I spent most of that 12 weeks lying on and typing on. So yeah, quite a strange time, but very lucky. I'm I'm fine, so I'm very good. Fine. Good. Yeah. I was going to ask you about that actually. So with with your spine, how did you? 
did you have to lie flat? How did you manage to write during that time of recovery? Um, well, not comfortably, actually. No, I, could, I, could, I didn't have to lie flat all the time, but I could prop myself up with a million cushions and stuff. Oh, so, right. yeah, I, I was fortunate that I could walk and I could sit up. So, yeah. um, you know, it, it could have been a lot, awful lot worse. So I'm very, very lucky. Yeah, you are. You really are. The Grasping of the Nettle, what, what, where does that title... Did you, did you have that title... Or did it did it come to you? Did you have to think about it? Where did that come from? Well, to be honest with you, um, I'd written the line in the book, but it was my right. brilliant editor, Debbie, um, at Orphans, that just said, how about that? This is good. This works. I thought, right, I've got to come up with a better one. And I couldn't. You know, she <laughs> nailed it. Sometimes, you know, damn it. So, yeah, I, I can't take the credit for that. It was Debbie. So it's, it's, it's a good I love title. it. I love it. I think you can kind of. I'm probably looking into this too much, but you can you can read it a couple of ways. So I think grasping the nettle immediately gives you a that's a painful kind yeah. of feeling, but it then also it's the grabbing the ball by the horns, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, she nailed it. She did. She did. Unfortunately, unfortunately, you couldn't couldn't come up with a better one. But it no. is. But you came up with it in the first place, really, because you'd written it in the book. So yes, you know, well, you can take the credit that. for that. Yeah. <laughs> So what's so what's going on now for you then? So the book is out very soon. So yeah. what's what's coming next? What are you up to now? Okay, so the garden is just about to close. Um, so Stockton Breeze, what I look after, our family garden, which is four acres. And my sister runs the cafe. I did the garden with my uncles. And to be honest, we're exhausted now because it's oh, been six months of visitors keeping the garden up to scratch. We, we love it, but we've got you know we've got to start preparing the garden for winter has it been a good year for the garden yes we've had lots of visitors but obviously with the drought in august goodness me what a challenge i mean honestly we have a policy that we do not water anything unless it's in a pot um and i think that's the right way to go yeah and you know 99.9 percent of our customers are pleased that that's what we're doing so yeah that was really challenging because obviously in August you expect this show of fabulous agapanthus and nareens and the agapanthus were over really quickly strangely the nareens haven't done what they normally do which is really odd yeah um, because they like their bulbs baked so I don't know what's going on with them I have to have a word with them um (laughs) but yes you know, no two years are the same. When you open a garden, the um, spring, you can have the most amazing March and you think, gosh, I wish we were open now. And then April can be cold or, you know, it, it there's no two two years no. the same. No, and there aren't. I suppose okay. that's what's exciting about it. It is. I think September is one of those months as well, isn't it? I mean, we're nearly, we're, we're kind of, we're into October, but I think... We, we sometimes forget that that September, we can have that really, really hot period in September. Yeah. But then this has been such a weird September. And then the last, the temperature has just suddenly dropped, suddenly like, dropped. over the last week, hasn't it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, so so this year in the garden, we've done a few new things. So we've, we've done, um, we've had yoga on the main lawn, which is really exciting. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's just, we've done a few courses. It's been lovely to see people using the garden in different ways. And I think since COVID, we've probably thought about it in a different way. The visitor has. We've had young, I would say slightly younger visitors starting to visit. So I think it's, it's great. You know, one of the positives, one of the positives to come out of COVID is that 
people have started to think, gosh, visiting a garden might be quite a nice thing to do. Yeah. So that's very exciting. And I hope that that continues to be, you know, a great place great place to come for people i'm sure it, i'm sure it will so so what's in your immediate future what are you doing what's really kind of uh grabbing you at the moment what's grasping the nettle at the moment well i'd love to sort of make sure the book gets out there yeah. so doing sort of publicity for the book um is is quite exciting and i think people don't realize you can't just write a book and then forget about it actually the work begins now because if you don't talk about it and go and do signings and talks and things who's gonna know i yeah. mean remains this sort of mystery i've also just become president of a charity a local charity called um growing point in herefordshire and they offer people living with physical and mental challenges or, or any ill health um the therapeutic benefits of gardening oh, so okay. i'm hoping to get more involved with that so it's very new to me i've been running for 20 years um yeah that would be really good fun to get involved with that and what else am I doing oh my goodness I've got lots of talks because it's the talk season now yeah of course it is so I go all over the place with my flask of tea (laughs) and uh do talks with the boot full of every bit of IT equipment I've got just in case something goes wrong so for me it's gardening in the day coming home grabbing a big bowl of porridge and then hitting the road again to drive to wherever you don't stop do you well yeah but I I don't know I like being busy if I'm not busy I'm concerned I'm not saying I would refuse a week in Italy on a sun lounger (laughs) but it's not it's not coming my way so no no (laughs) well I hope I I wish you all the best with everything that you're doing and I hope that a week in Italy suddenly this somehow transpires and that that happens for you that'd be nice I'll let you know you'll see a picture pop up on Instagram and you think what? that's not a garden yeah. <laughs> you'll still somehow find a garden i'm sure if you're even yeah in yeah we always my family quite sick of me we always go to madeira when we go abroad because it's somewhere that i feel i can go off on my own and look at gardens mm. it's a wonderful island um yeah so i ought to try and venture further than there but it is a beautiful place to go. Well, I, I wish that, wish for you to have a week in Madeira then. Let's hope for the best. So we've reached the point where I've got three questions for you. The first one is, if you think about your own personal garden, if you had to redesign the whole space with only one type of plant, so you can have multiple varieties, um, yeah. but only one type of plant, which would it be? Talking about my own garden here, mm ornamental grasses yeah which is that my uncle would be going no he's not a fan of ornamental grasses but because he doesn't particularly want them at Stocktonbury I'd be quite happy to be fully immersed in them here um I used to live opposite Knoll Gardens in Dorset okay where they are grass experts so I spent a lot of my maternity leave wandering around Knoll Gardens feeling very chilled with all these lovely grasses grasses yeah. yeah Yeah, so I think it would have to be that. Along a similar vein, if you could only ever garden using one tool and no other tools, which tool would it be? I suppose it would have to be secateurs because you could go down the no dig route, couldn't you? You could. So I suppose I could surrender my spade. And I am quite good with my hands digging a hole. I've got a border terrier dog, so that's quite useful. Oh, gosh, that's really hard. Or I I really don't think I could give up my edging shears, though. I just, I have a thing for edging shears. So, oh, probably... If when you read my book, you'll know what actually I'm going to go for edging shears. 
Okay. I think you're, that's quite a canny answer, really, because technically, if you wanted to be quite sloppy with it, you could prune with them if you really you want. You could. To. You could do you know? hedging. Yeah. 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 You could do hedging. You're not really going to be doing roses with them or anything, but, but you know, no. give it a go. And the age-old question, if you had to impart one piece of gardening wisdom on a new garden owner or a brand new gardener, what would it be? I think it would be remember this is your garden. People get so worried about pruning and doing things at the right time. And I think almost sod it. If you don't feel like digging your dahlias on that day, don't. Do what you can do when you can do it and don't get stressed about it. I think when I hurt my back, I realised it was a real shock to me thinking, my goodness, I actually can't do anything. Mm. And so I was in the shoes of people that, you know, can't physically do things either because they're elderly or they're unwell. And the frustration is untold. And I think don't feel under pressure. You know, just do what you want to do when you want to do it. Um, And there are no rules. There's guidelines, there's advice, there's other people's experiences. But ultimately, all of those people have learned through making mistakes, through doing it their own way. So I think, yeah, sort of throw out the rule book a bit and just, you know, do your own thing. I mean, I'm the sort of person that would make a cake without a recipe. Okay, they're not great cakes, but, you know, it's all part of the fun, isn't it? And each cake brings a different reaction from my family. (laughs) I think you'll agree that Tamsin's book sounds like just the thing we all need this autumn. The book, Grasping the Nettle, is out now from Orphans Publishing and can be found in good bookshops and online. You can follow Tamsin on Instagram where you'll find her at Tamsin Westhorpe. Join me next week where I have yet another fantastic guest from the world of horticulture. You can follow me on Instagram at View from the Potting Bench to find out who that might be.